This is where we talk about how we grow both a powerful brand and business and life as well, because everything's connected. Welcome to Brand and Biz Spills. I'm Debbie White. I've spent 30 years in the creative advertising industry, working with Fortune 500 brands, while also being a serial entrepreneur, building several multiple six and seven figure businesses along the way. I'm talking with other powerful women to share insider secrets and insights about building your brand and business. And I don't have time for BS and fluff. You don't either. So let's get to building a powerful brand and business with some real Frank talk. Follow me on Instagram at frankly Deb so we can connect further. All right. I've got Laura Majitino in the house here with us. We're going to talk about copy copywriting anyone charisma and some pretty cool stuff about psychology welcome welcome laura thank you so much for having me so much fun i'm so, so excited i'm too i'm too i know laura and i could like talk all day so okay i want to start first of all i want to start with the fact that you're a copywriter help us a little bit like what kind of copywriting do you do what are you known for yeah I do what's called, and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a little bit of jargon out there. I do what's called direct response copy. So basically what that means is I write the copy that is really asking for a direct response. So I don't specialize in things like websites or about sections or bios. Those sorts of things are great and super useful, but the kind of copy that I specialize in and that I'm well-trained in are things that are designed to create an action. So these are your sales pages. These are your email sequences, your sales sequences, your nurture sequences uh, on your emails. And uh, my favorite are social copy, right? The Uh kind of social copy that actually gets people to take action because so many people are out there spinning their wheels with social media content and not getting a lot of ROI. So that's what I love. I think we have the right guests in the house. I do. I mean, I can see everyone's like, oh, 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 I have a question. So I have so many questions for you. I work with so many women. We're running our businesses. We're trying to stand out online. I coach people branding, right? But we get to the nitty gritty. We get to the nitty gritty of the copy that actually converts the copy that actually gets people, as you say, I've heard you say this in the DMS, in the DM, get them in the DMS. <laughs> That's my thing. That is my whole okay. goal. Can we just like promise of working with the me. Big We're going to get them in the DM. What's the big secret right now? How do we get our people, our perfect ideal people in the DMS? What do we do, Laura? <laughs> I wish I could give you like, this is the one big secret, but I will tell <laughs> it's you, it's never that simple. <laughs> I will tell you, I, I kind of see like two sides to the same coin as the biggest mistake that's keeping people out of your DMs. And it is either your whole social media is like one big ad, like buy from me. Here's my thing. Buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, which I know you talk about, yep. or you're not making enough calls to action at all. <laughs> And that's the biggest piece is it's like, if you want to make more sales, make more calls to action. And the goal that I have for anybody that I work with is that you're getting messages in your DMs that aren't just like messages in your DMs that are like, Hey girl, but they're messages that are like, Hey, 
tell me about XYZ program, or I want to learn more about XYZ program. And the only way that that can happen is if you're talking about XYZ program in your content. And that is a big mistake. I see. So we actually need to be talking about the very thing we do in our content. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying this sarcastically, you know, I'm sometimes <laughs> guilty of that. I love supporting people so much. I'm like, oh yeah, I do have this really amazing program. Oh yeah, I have this program. And we need yeah. to talk about why that program is different and unique and special and will help us actually achieve the result we want, which is why I'm super honored to be talking to you because I know you're such a genius at helping people find that thing that makes them special. But then once you find it, you got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. And I think it's hard for us to talk about the thing without sounding salesy. So I have a question. What would be, I'm just throwing stuff out here. What would be like a call to action if I wanted someone to find out about, let's say my house of impact program that doesn't sound, cause I can already hear my, my member saying, Debbie, I feel salesy saying that. How can they do it in a way that feels really good? And it's like, I know what you're going to say, because it's what I would probably answer with, but I'm curious to hear what you would say. I think there's two pieces here. Number one is like, get over feeling salesy, like you're a business owner, like make sales. And also, and I, I, I suspect this was what you would say too, like change your mindset around sales, right? Your people, a lot of times feel like making a sale is like somebody doing something for you, but in reality, Like you're the one solving their problem. It's for them. It's about them. So you being all like in your feelings and shy and feeling uh, about sales is like, that is hurting them. That is, I think it's honestly kind of selfish is my personal opinion, because you're making it all about you. And as I know you talk about, it's not about you. It's about them. So I guess what I want to say is number one, get over yourself. Get over yourself. (laughs) Number one, everyone get over yourself. Okay. Thank you. Get over yourself. (laughs) And, and, and then number two is, and, and this, again, I think, I think we're just so in alignment in this. It comes from knowing your person so well, if you're, if you're just putting stuff out there, like, here's my thing, buy it. Here's my thing, buy it. And you're not providing the context of how it solves their problem for them or why they should care, then it does feel like, oh my gosh, she's just spam selling. Right. But, and, and that's a big mistake I see with content is people are just like putting out all these tips and tricks that nobody ever asked for without any context about why it solves their problem or is important to them. And that's the key difference between not coming across as spammy or salesy. Because you're actually helping them get the very thing that they already told you they wanted because you've done the work, the work, yeah, yeah. The work that I'm always talking about brand strategy, you've done it. So yeah, that's, that's one. Um, what are some, okay. I'm going to get real nitty gritty. I'm going to, I'm going to pull back. Let's do it. I'm about it. One, like I even, I, I mean, I tell people, you know, a call to action could even be save this post to remind yourself why this Heck is yes, important. it can. It's like, Oh, I had someone recently go, that's a, that's a call to action. Yeah. 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 You're some kind of action. Yeah. So, I mean, you, I, I recommend people get very strategic about the call strategic about the calls to action they're using in their content plan. So for example, I know if I'm going to be talking about my offer or promoting a launch here in a few weeks, right now, I want to be using what I call hand-raising call to actions. I want those people to self-identify as ideal fits for that 
program or that offer. So I'm going to be creating content that is speaking to those specific desires or pain points and then says like, let me know if you'd be in the comments, if you'd be interested in something for this. Or I might say, does this sound like you type, you know, brand in the comments if it does, or I'm looking to try to get them. That's a call to action. Uh, sharing your post is a call to action, retweeting, tagging, saving, all of those are really good call to action. And you want to start thinking about that, that client journey and where are you in proximity to promoting your offer and what kind of calls to action makes sense to bring them deeper and deeper and deeper down that chain of micro yeses and taking deeper action with you. Yeah. I love that. Um, my window open and apparently that was a bad idea. <laughs> I'm kind of in the city now. Um, all right. So I have, an, I have so many questions. Yeah. What? Uh, so you have a background in psychology. First of all, I have to bring this up because I think, yeah. and I think that if anyone should, would, you know, any ingredients for an ideal copywriter or marketer would be to have a background in psychology. <laughs> Right. I, I love, I love how, cause you have the actual education background in marketing yeah, and I have it in psychology and I feel like combined, it's just like, yeah. like we've got a powerhouse combo. Cause you have to understand, you have to have an understanding of how we think and feel. And so much of it is about emotion and feeling. That's where we make 95% of our decisions is in our subconscious, which is where our beliefs and emotion lie. I mean, that's, I'm sure, you know, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. People buy on emotion. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. So that said, now I'm going to go into our listeners. Most people out there are probably not copywriters. Yeah. Um, what tips would you give people that are not copywriters when it comes to, oh my gosh, I've got to write a post or a script for my video or an email. Do you have like any special tips? You You know, you know, what's funny is I, I actually give my people, the same advice that I've heard you give. And, and so it's just, it just goes to show that it works is my advice is like really write to your one person first and foremost, like, like we're, and, and it's important when we're writing and when we're talking, but it's like, when we write copy, like an email blast out to our whole list or like a social media post out into the void, we are not going to connect with them emotionally like we are if we're speaking directly to them. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two, and I know like everybody tells you this, uh, but it's stories, you guys. It's stories, yeah. stories, stories. And if you're having trouble coming up with stories, I think like, what did you do today that you can connect back to your message? What did you do yesterday that you can connect back to your message? What do you do tomorrow? It doesn't have to be these like huge epiphany stories. It can be like a very small experience that you had in a grocery store that maybe gave you an insight, right? So like, look for those little, I call them tiny moments. That's the difference. And I'm going on a soapbox here, but that's the difference between a summary and a story, right? A summary is really general. Every day I go to work and it's like this and blah, 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 blah. A story is today I went to work and this thing happened. Yeah. And so look for those like little tiny moments that people can connect with. And those things, uh, if you do those two things really well, you're always going to be creating that emotion and connecting with people. Yeah. It's interesting. People love the little details that you just throw in. They're like, it, 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 what it does is it triggers their own memories. And that's yeah. what I try to tell people. It's 
even your story is not really even about you. It's in service. Yeah. It's in service to your person. Your one person that you're focusing on. Let's talk about that for a minute. Cause some of our listeners might be going, what the heck are they talking about? Um, I know we both do the same thing here. We come up with a persona so that all of our content is this one. And it's really helpful if it can be a real person, but you can make her up or him. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was telling her, I, I go through, like, I, I change mine all the time. Like this month it's Stephanie, it might be Amy next month, but right. I have a really clear idea of what she says, how she talks, where she hang at, hangs out, what's important to her, what she's yep. looking for and her struggles. I understand them. So that's when, right. You sit down to write an email. You are writing to Stephanie. Yes. And then you get these comments like, oh my gosh, I feel like you're speaking directly to me right? That's when you hear those comments. And, and by the way, if somebody sends you a DM and they're like, I feel like you're speaking directly to me, that's a buying signal. Even if it doesn't say like, tell me about XYZ program, which is the goal. But if you get a a message that says, oh my gosh, I feel like your post is speaking directly to me. That is a buying signal. My friend recognize that, take action on that. Okay. So when you say take action on that, I coach this too. I know you're, you're a copywriter, but it's like, I think a lot of our, our women out there are like, okay, then what, what do I do? It's like, she wants to be sold to y'all. She's right. Right. (laughs) Make it easy for her. I think that's the biggest thing to recognize first. Like, you know, they want to be sold to. If, if you're, you know, if, if they're reaching out to you in the DMS, they're doing it because they want to be sold to. If they're on a sales conversation with you, they're doing it because they want to be sold to. So I think, I think yeah. that's the thing is like, when we get that fear, like, oh, now what? It's like, just, just recognize that like, she wouldn't be there if she didn't already want what you have, like, yeah. or he, like they already want what you have. So I think it's that like, oh my gosh, what do I say? You know? it comes from like the nervousness and it's like, well, just, just be a real person and have a real conversation and get yeah. curious with them and get interested in them. Um, because they, they've already said it, they've already told you they want to buy from you. Yeah. So I know you help a lot of high powered people and all kinds of people, all kinds of people, corporations, entrepreneurs with writing emails. I have a question. How often do you think Cause I know there's no one, but I'm curious about your, your interpretation of this. How often should we be emailing our email list? Can we do it too little? Yes. I know that. Can we do it too much? How often is just, yeah, right? yeah. I think it, this, I'm going to give you like the most coachy answer ever and coach away. Sister, and go. it is, it depends. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and it really depends on your audience. It depends on your niche. It depends on, on all of those things. Uh, I think, I think I can give you some advice into one, number one, like don't overwhelm yourself, right? Like if you love writing like emails to your list every single day, awesome, write emails to your list every single day. If the thought of writing emails to your list every single day stresses you out, don't write emails to your list every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also somewhat of what your audience is already conditioned to. Mm-hmm. So like, I wouldn't go from like, if you're somebody who sends a monthly monthly newsletter, which by the way is not enough, mm-hmm. I, would, I wouldn't like instantly go to every day, right? I would, I would gradually warm them up to the idea. Uh, what, what works really well for me is typically two to three days a week, um, for my list. I noticed that if I start emailing 
significantly more than that, uh, I, I'm not really gaining anything of it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, by the time I see, like, it's kind of a diminishing returns thing. Yeah. I'm not getting more out of it than two to three times a week. So that works really well for me. Yeah. So start looking, so just experiment with your audience and see, okay, where's that point where I do start getting diminishing returns where I'm not actually getting more, you know, clicks to my website or more open rates or whatever. Uh, just check and see what that is for you. Yeah. I think everyone, I can hear everyone out there going, I'm not emailing enough. I can hear, I can hear a roar going, yeah, I'm not doing two to three. So, okay, let's okay, do up. one, do one, do one, 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 one a week would be great. They're still saying I'm probably not doing most people. I don't think are doing that. Um, some people are, it depends on where they're at really. Yeah. Some people are, um, should, should they all, I mean, is there a, I know it depends because I already know the answer to this. How much should be nurture? How much is selling? Blah, blah, blah. Do you have like an overall, like barometer? Well, okay. So I, I come from a place of, I, I like to make calls to action. That's my background. That's I'm a call to action gal. I love yeah. writing sales emails. I'm a sales, I'm a sales yeah. gal. That's your thing. I actually want a call to action in every single email that doesn't, okay. that call to action doesn't have to always be a full sales email to right. buy from you. That call to action can be to watch your new YouTube video. Sure. But like also always have the link to take the next step with you there. Like I'm, I'm like, like I'm sending emails to make sales. Like I'm in business to make sales. Right. Like, so I want every email to have a call to action. Uh, I typically, I run my, my sales and my like promotional campaigns in month long cycles. So typically there's a one week of every month where I'm more focused on conversions. And that's where I'm going to send out emails that are really conversion focused for sales, but you're going to see a call to action of some sort on every single email I send. I love that. Okay. I think a lot of people are going, wow, I wouldn't have done that. Um, I talk a lot about nurturing, but I think, I think there is a point where you can nurture your heart out and still have a call to action at the end. Right. Oh, for sure. My emails are super, super valuable. A lot of them, a lot of them have a ton of value in them and still have a call to action at all of them. All of them do. Yeah. Okay. See, I think it's important for us to hear that because I know when I look at content and someone says, I'm not getting sales. I look at the frequency of their posting. Mm -hmm. I look at what they're, are they telling stories? Yeah. Uh, Nowadays, do you have video included in that? Especially if you're on Instagram. So I look at all these things and then I look at their call to actions and that's when I find there aren't any. Yes. That's why you're not making sales. You want to make more money, make more calls to action. Yeah. Yeah. So did y'all hear that? I mean, I mean that right there is the gold, the golden nugget, I think right there. That's it. Um, Okay. I'm going to switch the subject for a second. I saw a post this week on Facebook and I just would love to hear your thoughts on this from a writing standpoint. I thought it was kind of a, I would call it a manipulation tactic or one could call it clever. I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are on this. Okay. Someone posted an email sent from Russell Brunson, who is the founder of ClickFunnels. Big name (laughs) in business. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know Russell Brunson. Okay. He's somebody who emails his list every day. Okay. Okay. Well, he sent an email out, but here, here's the deal. Someone posted it and it was written. It, it was an internal only email written to his team. 
Oh. And he sent it out to his entire list. Oops. Okay. Was it <laughs> oops? Was it or was it a very oh, probably very not. about it? He didn't do that by accident. I don't know. Because here's the thing. No, I read because it. Because here's it was my like, thing. Here's my thing. I- I'm curious, Debbie. Yeah. You have a team. I have a team. Yeah. When you email your team, are you use are you doing that the same way you send out emails to your list? No. No, like when I send out an email to my list, I use active campaign. You're not when I am emailing email my team, I'm just slacking. using like, what? We're in Slack. We're not even in like Kajabi. Why would we be talking to my team through Kajabi? I don't buy well, it. I wouldn't be talking to my team through Kajabi or whatever. I mean, he probably actually uses ClickFunnels or actually he probably doesn't. Just don't buy it. But yeah, no, I'm not buying that it was an accident. Okay. Okay. So, but then I'm like, okay. So then the advertising gal and me, I mean, I used to do creative advertising for all these brands would say that's like really clever guerrilla style marketing, you know, Yeah, because you can take it like, Hey, I mean, it didn't hurt anyone. It's a little manipulative. It's clever. But the email was like, we got to get this content out to our, our list. It's so valuable. I don't want them to miss out. And it's all internal. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was like, that was planned. And everyone's talking about like, and then people were saying, well, is this manipulation? I, I just think it's interesting. It's like, I, I, I I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, One, I think, you know, especially hearing the content of it, it sounds like obvious. Like, I mean, well, I guess having fun with it. Uh, I have a, I have a controversial saying that I usually only say with my private clients, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you. Rip it. You can rip anything here. Yeah. What is it? And, oh, this is going to open up a bag of worms. The saying that I use with with my clients is your content has to be true. It does not have to be accurate. So your content has to be true. It does not have to be accurate. What do I mean by that? I can tell you the story without telling you every detail of the story that I maybe don't want to tell you every detail of the story. As long as the story is true, you know, like oh. the specific piece that I don't want to tell you doesn't have to be accurate or, or I can shift it just a little bit. I can change the name of a case study. As long as the case study is true, the exact name or whatever doesn't okay. have to be accurate. Because I'll do that and I'll say, I'm going to use her a, a different name. I'm going to call her Jenny. I mean, that's okay. Right. Yeah. Well, again, you can, you can tell them or whatever, you know, you know, for me, it's like, it's like, I can talk about this experience and know that uh, it, it may be unfolded in a slightly different sequence, but the, the story arc is generally the same. Okay. And I've just made it a little bit more compelling okay. for you. Yeah. It's true. It's not perfectly accurate. I feel like that falls under true, but not accurate as in true as in he means all the things he's saying. Right. It's just not coming out exactly how he framed it. Okay. I feel like it falls under true, but not accurate. There's a lot of fuzzy gray in that area. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I mean, I think we could, you know, yeah, I, that that's a whole conversation. I it like is, 100% it is, it is. and of course you have to have ethics and boundaries and yeah, you do, you around do. it. But at the same time, I do think that um there's and it, I really created it as to specifically combat. I think that there can be a level of like you know push to be 
too vulnerable or too, um, whatever online or with our stuff. And, you know, I, like, I always ask my clients if they want, if they're like, should I share this or should I not? I say, is the wound closed? Like, don't share it if the wound's still open. And don't share it in the middle of the wound. Right. I I literally saw this once. I'm like, oh my God, someone had a recorded themselves having a um, panic attack. I'm like, yeah, don't do that. Right. And but so that's know, exactly that, that's my just point. Like is, this, that's not a field. You don't, this you, was created in response to that. Like if your whole life is falling apart, yeah. like, but you still need to run your business. You don't need to go out there and like tell everybody your whole life is falling yeah. apart. Like that's where this came from was yeah. working with clients who needed permission yes. to not share their wounds while they're still open. That's a, I, I like, it hasn't been closed. I think that's really important. And the other thing is I always run the filter of how is it serving my audience? Mm-hmm. If it's making them feel seen in a way, cause I'm sure I I've, I've had panic attacks and I, I had a post on like a year and a half ago where I shared, I was having a series of them and I'm sure it had everything to do with the fact that I decided to sell everything and move to Mexico. Maybe. Huh, maybe. And so I had like <laughs> a little kind of bumpy period, like, oh my God. And I was sharing that and I was sharing that to say, you know, you're not alone. And, um, you know, I, I look like, oh, she's this big, you know, business woman person. It's like, you know, I'm real and I'm having this thing happen and I'm just sharing like the, the, I still have to go on. I still have to go on and do these things, but it was cool. And how I, I was very much thinking of how could this serve my audience. And I even had a lot of, I had several people DM me going, thank you so much for sharing that. I have suffered from this and I feel so alone in it. And that was really powerful. And I think it's the intention of where you serve it from. Mm. I mean, that for me, I agree. And is it, is it helping tell your brand story? Cause we always have to have that in mind. You have to know your audience, right? You know, cause you just start throwing random stuff out there. That's not entirely relevant. I think we need to be, I see people do it a little too much there. Yeah. Or the opposite, not enough. And how do they know what is enough? I think agreed, agreed. Most of it needs to right be about what you're here to do. Person. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can get confusing for people marketing. Like, how much do I tell? How much do I not tell? You know? Yeah. yeah. And I think it comes back to like you what you said. Like, how is this serving your person? Right. Is it yeah. is it if it's not serving your person, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't belong. Uh, in your content, but if it is serving your person, if it's, if they're going to find that valuable, if they're going to resonate with it, if they're going to feel more connected to you because of it and the wound is closed, then I say, share it. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent there. I think we do need to humanize our brands, but we also need to be, you know, and it, it, careful about what is our brand all about anyway. Cause I don't think we should be talking about every single thing under the sun or it's way too confusing. Yeah. 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 Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Okay. I'm going to pull in something because I know you have something you're going to gift everyone today. And it's one of my favorite things too, about creating content is hooks. Can we talk about hooks for a minute? I love a good hook. I know you love a good hook. Can you tell people what you mean by a hook? If they're not sure what a hook is, I heard most of us know what a hook is, but let's Yeah. I mean, a hook's that thing that's going to grab somebody's attention and make them read the whole rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The headline, the kicker, the subject line. The hook. Yes. Um, you have a freebie with all these amazing hooks. Yeah, 292. It's up to 292 hook templates. They're plug and play. Uh, little little pro tip in the blings. If you put in your ideal client's pain points or like desires, they'll really be juicy and speak directly to your person. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, so utilize those. They're great. I, I, I developed that list out of necessity. So, uh, what, if you've heard this, it's true. Copywriters spend probably half the time of a project on the headline. Like I'm going to write, I'm going to write probably a dozen plus different headlines Mm -hmm. for a single piece of sales copy. Uh, and frankly, you know, just out of trying to save time, as I was writing copy, I started collecting headlines that I liked. I just started, it was just, it was a swipe file, which is copywriter speak for collecting bits of copy yep. I like. Yep. And I just started making a, a document of just like, here's a bunch of headlines that I liked or that worked or whatever. And then at some point they just racked up, you know, to being hundreds of them. And I thought, well, I, if they, they help me and I use them, they'll help somebody else. So that's yeah. how those came to be. <laughs> and then headlines. I mean, it's the same thing as a subject line, right? Yes. Yes. And yes. And, and. Yes. And I know they're a little different animal. They they're really, they really are. Yeah, um, and I'll give you, I'll give you a, a tip on subject lines that is, it's just so powerful is make them personalized. So I promise you that like, okay, I, I, I put out a, an email recently and it was like how I position for profit. And that email got like a 40% open rate. I promise you that if I just said how to pres- position for profit, that probably would have gotten a 20% open rate, but it's because I'm telling you, I personalized it in like how I do this or how my client does this, mm-hmm. or I'm doing this, what I'm doing right now to blah, blah, blah. Like uh. those subject lines, every time you personalize them a little bit and make, make the, that deeper connection versus like how to, or six okay. ways to how I'm doing this. That's again, you're I'm doing this or like what I'm da, 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 or, or, uh, what my client did. Da, 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 da. Like if you personalize the subject line, I, I like promise you, you're going to see an increase in your open rates. Okay. And just to clarify, personalize doesn't mean put the, the recipient's name in it. It means you're speaking from first person. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally just ch- instead of changing, like, instead of saying how to something, just say how yeah. I, how I, there you yeah. go. That's a great tip, by the way. See, Thank you. yeah, it's huge. It's, it's like the biggest thing that will make a big difference on your open rate, that's, in my opinion. That's the direct response background you have. It's a specialty. I mean, just people don't know. I mean, Laura used to work at a corporation and she was in charge of doing all of the, you know, we it's, they want direct action response. They're tracking every single, I mean, to the T of open rates, click through rates, who bought what, why, what, what's going to work the best to get them to open, to get them to click through, to get them to buy. Yeah. Yeah. We used to to run Facebook ads where we'd put a link halfway down the copy and then a link all the way down the copy. And we were tracking like who's clicking halfway down the copy versus who's clicking all the way down. Like what are we're tracking, like where on pages they're clicking. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, there's a it's whole science getting... behind it, like where the eye goes on the page and they have cameras and yes. things where they have people look at the ads and they track their eyeballs. There's all this crazy yep. stuff that's going on in the corporate world. It's, it, it's true. It is 100% yeah. true. And basically the whole goal is to get them to take the action that we want them to take with really as few words as possible. Yeah. Um, 
And, and that's the thing, that's how, what I notice is different about the way that I write and the way I approach copy compared to your average business owner yeah. is everything I write has a goal, right? My, my, mm. my subject line is to get people to open. My headline is to get people to read the next line. And then it's to get the, the, but like, I am always writing in service of a goal. And I feel like there's so many business owners out there and they're like, I know I need to send an email to my list. So I'm sending them an email to my list. I yeah. know I need to post a piece of content on social media. So I'm posting a piece of content yeah, without stopping and going. Like, like, I just say, I'm like, I'm like, just take a second and go, what would the, like, what's the ideal comment that I want on this piece of social mm. media content and like, write it with that goal or whatever goal you want to choose, like, what is the DM that I want to get from that and write it from that goal? If you just shifted to like having a goal, I think you would see a lot more of the results you want. That's so good. And such an important reminder. I love that. Have a goal for all of your content, every single piece, every sentence gold. Oh, so good, Laura. Uh, okay. Laura, where can everyone, what's the best way to find you? Uh, the best way to find me is my, well, one, you can get my hook templates, which yeah, is awesome. we're going to give out then the you hook get on my email list and I'm, I'm like, not, not going to be at all bashful, bashful about saying that my emails are awesome. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, Um, and then also like I'm on all the socials, right? I'm most active on Facebook, like as in like posting probably seven times a day, but if that's a little much for you, hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn or you really post seven times a day. I I mean, some days, some days it's like three to five. Um, like it's, it's, if I, if, if I, I usually try to take one weekend day off like either Saturday or Sunday where I'm just like, not at all on social media. Yeah. Um, but, but if other than that, it's, it's usually like throughout the day, my, so all of my other platforms are scheduled content. Okay. But my profile is where like, I just post like whatever thought happens to come through my head in the moment. It's like my place to just play. I love that. And I just play on it all like every time you're, I have a great, thought I just great post every time I see your post like god oh, that was smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah go follow her you can see what I mean idea let me go throw it on Facebook yeah. <laughs> it's literally like 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 a peek inside Laura's squirrel brain I love it we all need to peek inside Laura's squirrel brain so go follow <laughs> her get your get your uh hooks we're all going to be uh doing the hooks and Laura thank you so much for being here Thank you so so much for having me. Easy information for everyone. I hope you guys appreciate it and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Brandon Bisbills with your host, Debbie White. Visit franklydeb.com where you can connect with us and join our free Facebook community where all the brand action happens. And I love hanging out on Instagram. So follow me there at franklydeb. And join us next time for another episode of Brand and Biz Bills. Let's get real on women growing powerful brands.